This is the very first bonus episode we've ever done in almost three years of the In Her Words podcast, which started as Man Listening. And it's here because it's real practical advice for using LinkedIn if you want to get straight to it, if you want to take away, if you want to get out your notebook and pen and paper and really learn something from a master. Um, Kristen Winkelbeck has practiced it and she's making it her own sort of technical art form. So she's, she's whipped LinkedIn into shape and she makes it sound fun, something that I, I think is anathema to the, net, to the network, but she makes it sound like something she genuinely enjoys doing for just about 10 or 15 minutes a day that can make a huge difference in your business career. Kristen Winklebeck. I want to ask you about LinkedIn. Okay. One of my favorites. It's actually probably my favorite social media platform. Why? I learn something new every day there. Genuinely learn something new every day. I think there is tremendous talent and it allows an accessibility to, to thought leaders, but it also allows everyday people on Main Street USA to become a thought leader around whatever topic they know best. And so I think it's a tremendously valuable tool to bring people together, to broaden your proverbial network, and to genuinely learn and follow and get immersed in an industry or a topic or conversation that is of interest to you, more so than any other platform, any other social media platform I know. So let's say there's a hypothetical boomer whose name is Stuart Watson, and he's trying to make the most out of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Bit of a technophobe, lurks on Facebook most of the time. What do you tell a boomer who's trying to make his way? Like, what is your, like, stop making it hard. How am I making it hard? And and what are the misunderstandings and what are the simple, like simple, simple things you could do to all of a sudden fall in love with LinkedIn and, and have it really work for you? Yeah, so I would say think about what Stuart Watson's superpowers are and lean into those things. So for example, I think Stuart Watson is a gifted writer. He has a way with words. So he could create a habit around a topic that he's passionate about and that he wants to be known for as an industry expert. And he could use his gift with words three times a week what, to share those gifts with others. What kind of habit? What do you mean by a habit? Like you could decide that you're going to do a small challenge and you could decide that three times a week you want to share your experience of how important it is to preserve your loved one's stories. And you challenge what? You would just say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a, a day, three times a week, and I'm going to share what I've seen with others. And you could write a post. You could do a poll and facilitate a poll or a dialogue around it. You could do research and share articles that you find on that topic. I mean, I would say pick the, you know, three to five things that you would want people to turn to you for 
advice or expertise because you have a robust and successful journalism career. You've got a Isn't tremendous... five too many? Isn't that getting a little thin? I don't know. You're talking to somebody who has a portfolio career. So I could talk about five different things. What does that mean, a portfolio? So I don't have just one source of income oh, I get you. to me, right? So we've talked a lot about my nonprofit career, but I also started a franchise physical therapy clinic with my husband this year. I also have an executive career coaching transition practice, coaching practice where I help people make career transitions and pivots. I've been pivoting before pivoting was cool. And I have rental properties with income. So I'm not your typical W-2 earner, even though I do get a W-2 from the nonprofit I work for. Um, I have multi, I consider myself multi-passionate in a portfolio career versus when I was in corporate America, I was a senior vice president of the payment network team at a large financial institution. And that was the one silver bullet. So if something happens to that silver bullet, the world gets jerked out from underneath you. And in this day and age, I learned this from my uncles who are farmers. Mm -hmm. They plant corn, but they also plant soy mm -hmm. and they also sell Butler buildings. Yep. And they also yep. put in irrigation systems mm -hmm. and they also sell used tractors mm -hmm. and they also truck this stuff to market and they also sell you know, broccoli and organic broccoli at that to Whole Foods. And I'm like, holy cow, this is not farming. This is not a redneck sitting on a tractor. Right. These guys are huge agribusiness people. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it from two different angles. You can look at it from the risk perspective and how you mitigate the risks, just like you do with your your savings and your investments. You diversify, right? Right. you got a pie. It's not all in one place. So you can take the risk piece of it, and it helps you navigate and mitigate risk. I probably take it from the other standpoint, which is I'm multi-passionate right. and I have interest in multiple places. And so therefore for me now, not all parts of that portfolio are equal. I run a nonprofit more than 40 hours a week. So the other components of my career don't have the same weighting that that nonprofit work does. And there are going to be days and weeks and I have the fl great flexibility to be able to adjust on any given day. It may not be, you know, 75, 10 and five, or, you know, whatever the number is, I'm not a mathematician, but to get to that whole hundred percent, it may look different on the day or the week, but I have the flexibility. And I really like that because it, I like, I am someone who thrives in variety and I like to have my hands in lots of things and doing lots of different work. But biggest misunderstandings about LinkedIn, go. Set it and forget it. So most people think if you just have a port, if you just have a profile out there, if you just put your name out there and have a bare bones profile, set it and forget it, then you're there. You're missing all the richness of truly authentically building relationships globally. You're also missing a tremendous opportunity to be more than just the name and title of your current job and employer. You're missing the opportunity to establish yourself and your personal brand versus just, again, being associated with your corporate brand or your corporate title. At 4 a.m. one day, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and so I was playing around with LinkedIn. Not Facebook, not Instagram, not TikTok. I was playing around with LinkedIn. And I saw that a buddy of mine had complimented a graphic artist 
who's also like a brand marketer, mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. At four in the morning, I chimed in and said that I liked what he was doing and that I thought mm -hmm. it supported the brand and right. I admired it because right. he had created a unique logo for a school, right. a seahorse. Yeah. And I'd never seen a seahorse. So I commented, before the hour was out at 4 a.m., he had linked to me mm -hmm. and we had a connection and he had responded, thank you, I appreciate that. And you may sometime need a logo. And so while you might wanna support and you might have local connections, maybe this, his creativity and his ingenuity, and now you may have established a business relationship with an out of the box thinker that can add value to your businesses or to your needs with the nonprofits you work with or whomever, or one of your squad mates or something, right? And so I think it's just, it's an exposure. It is a shrinking of the world if we choose to use it that way. Um, where we can be exposed to work, to people, to ideas, to thought leaders. And we have equal opportunity to be that. If that's something we desire to, to do, we can do that too. So how do you not be a transactional, buy my shit, annoying person on LinkedIn? What's an example of what not to do, transactional, buy so my I shit, would buy say my shit? Social media strategists, and I am not one, by the way. So, you know, Katie McKeever and others are much right. more versed in this than I am. But I would say it's the 80-20 rule. So you're 80% of the time putting out valuable content information for nothing. Expecting no payment, expecting nothing. You're just sharing your point of view. You're sharing something good you saw. You're sharing something you want people to be well, better for. I was for. told, I was taught, correct me. Uh, news you can use, something that's actionable, mm -hmm. like what you and I are doing, or entertaining, mm -hmm. straight up, that's amusing, and I t I'm going to share it with somebody, mm -hmm. or inspirational. Mm -hmm. um, oh my God, that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. Like you guys in the happiness challenge. Yeah. You know, will I make more money today? I don't know, maybe, but I feel a lot better because we had this thing. For sure. And I think it's a, it's a long game, right? So it's not a, if you're just doing it for the transactions, it's going to feel like a chore. It's going to be, it's going to come across in your content, you know? So I think it's leaning into your authentic areas of expertise and the things you genuinely want to talk about or the things that you see that people are gravitating towards when you do talk about it. Right. Because there are that's the other thing that there are some analytics behind what brings engagement and where people, you know, it's why things go viral. Right. It's because all of a sudden people start adding their stories, sharing it with other people, you know, and and I don't know that people put things out there with the intention that they will go viral. But paying attention to the people in your personal sphere or your networks and connections, like what is it that they want to hear from you about? What do they like to talk about? What do they expect you'll have a point of view on? And you can condition them by what you're putting out there to come to expect from you and then take your cues between what lands and what doesn't, you know, and then adjust your strategy. But I think I really enjoy it because I have gotten to know people who don't live here 
in the same community that I do that are doing really great things or there's an opportunity to also build some aspirational connections. I think for the job seeker, it's not an option. Um, most homes in this country are sold through the multiple listing service for a reason. And unless you have some super special property and you have a magnificent personal network, most people don't try to sell their home by, you know, for sale by owner. I would say the same thing as a business owner or as a career professional, you want to go where you can be found and where people might be looking for someone like you. When I joined LinkedIn in 2008, I was laid off from a large Fortune 100 company. Um, I joined as part of, at the recommendation of my outplacement service that I got as part of my severance package. And when I joined, there were 16 million users, one six. This year, and when I delivered a webinar a week or so ago, I looked and there were over 850 million users. But very few people are actively contributing to the platform. Meaning, most people are what I call lurkers and scrollers. Now you say very few, but 1% is 8.5 million. That's nothing to sneeze at, but it also says within your little sector of a second, within your subset of a subset, it's easier for you to become the subject matter expert or thought leader, or it's Absolutely. easier for you to break out because 99 other people in your little area of expertise are not are snoozing. Yep. They've said it and forget yep. it. Absolutely. And, and that's so that why represents, I represents an opportunity. Huge opportunity. And I think it's a way to also, especially as a new business owner or as a new coach or someone who's trying to find your value proposition, it's a low cost barrier, low cost way to really test out your material. It's free. It for just most takes people. your time. Yeah. yeah. And you can do it for like 15 minutes. Right. That's why I said you build a muscle, you build a habit, you set a strategy, or as Lauren likes to say, you have a little clinical trial where you're going to do something for a period of time and see what comes of it. See if it enables you to get reconnected with people in your circle that you haven't spoken to a while. See if it prompts direct messages where people want to get to know you better or learn more about your business or your service offerings or just catch up with you. Um, it's been a great way for me to stay connected to past colleagues, to past vendors, to past neighbors who may not be on Facebook or Instagram because they're turned off by all the showboating. And, and I'm not going to say there's not some of that going on. It's a social media platform. So, you know, people are, hopefully professional on the platform and are hopefully there for the right reasons. I just really enjoy the learning opportunities, the connections, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to share some of my experiences and see how it lands with other people. Thank you, Kristen. Kristen Winkleback and I hope uh, you guys will apply some of that. I hope you found it as beneficial as I did. Really a lot of takeaways. And I swear, I swear I'm going to get better at it. So I'll see you guys out there. I'm Stuart Watson, S-T-U-A-R-T, last name Watson. Link to me on LinkedIn. Um, we'll get together, have a conversation. Thanks so very much, Kristen. In Her Words is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network in cooperation with Balto Creative Media. 
Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative, Rachel Clapp Miller and Roshonda Pratt are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Katherine Smith. That's me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review. It really helps others find us. If you love us, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening. One word, no spaces. A small investment makes a big difference in lifting up the voices of women. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported manlistening.com and also in her words, the podcast from the very beginning. Thanks so much. Thank you for your support. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks so much.